Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey everybody, we're gonna get started talking about butts. Yes, so enthusiastic. How's everybody feeling in your butts tonight? Soggy? <laughs> yeah, I was I was re- I was reflecting today on um, on the weather and and feeling like it's so nice of nature to provide this sort of just like constant enema pouring from the sky uh, in, uh, to prepare you all for this class, which um, uh, you may or may not realize is mostly going to be about enemas. So. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Pleasure Test in West Hollywood. I am Tina Horn. I uh, live in Brooklyn, but I'm originally from Northern California. So I am really happy to be out here on the best coast and, uh, and teaching a... <laughs> Uh, and, and teaching and teaching this class on one of my favorite topics, which is the ass, the the out, the outside, and and the inside, and just like up in in the guts and 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 everything like that. Um, this is one of my <laughs> this is one of my newest classes, and I'm really excited to be bringing it to Los Angeles for the first time. Um, a lot of the teaching that I do is sort of in this abstract realm of role play and dirty talk and communication and like. Uh, you know, also like sex worker rights and politics and culture and all this stuff. And, and then one day I was like, I need to do something that's like really concrete. Mm-hmm. And uh, what could be more concrete than the rectum? <laughs> so <laughs> malleable, but uh, con- some yeah, some but yeah. Some, well. <laughs> so this is <laughs> this is <laughs> the peanut gallery here in the front. So this is getting clean to get dirty. I am going to tell you a little bit about me. My background in the sex industry uh, started about 15 years ago in the Bay Area, um, where I got my start as a professional dominatrix, uh, doing fantasy and fetish exploration, sort of segued, sort of slipped right into like kink and queer and fetish porn and um, just have worked in all different parts of the industry. And then seven years ago, I moved to New York, and my focus uh, since moving has been on all the same stuff that (coughs) I was focused on working in the sex industry, but a little bit more journalistic, a little bit more activism, a little bit more media making, trying to like spread it around. You can read my articles about sex politics and culture on Rolling Stone and uh, Glamour and Hazlitt and Jezebel and all over the internet. Uh, all of my clips and more stuff about me is at tinahorn.net. Someone is holding tinahorn.com hostage. I don't have the kind of money to get that back. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at, at tinahorn's ass, which is spelled the same as at tinahorn's ass. So I've written a book about Bay Area queer sex work called Love Not Given Lightly, and then a book that is about digital communication and dirty talk, which is just called Sexting. I also do a podcast called Why Are People Into That? I've been doing it for five years. It's totally indie. It's me hosting and producing it. And every episode I have a different guest and they choose a sexuality topic. And we sort of explore in a raunchy, intellectual, personal, and political way. Why are people into that? In 2019, I am putting out a comic book. It is, yeah, I know, yeah. It's fiction, which is uh, new for me. I'm used to writing true stories, but this time I made up a story, but it's about real things. Uh, It's called Safe Sex. There's a lot of dangerous sex in it. Cool. So let's talk about 
anal sex. So there are definitely like sort of anal 101 sort of general classes um, that are taught here a lot. And this class is gonna narrow in on specifically like health and hygiene and like how to like disinhibit yourself uh, when you're stressing about the mess. But I did wanna do a little sort of general why anal. So first of all, pleasure pleasure for its own sake. The anus has half of the nerve endings in the entire pelvic region. Did you guys know that? Amazing science. Those um, nerve endings are also interconnected with the other pelvic muscles, um, as well as other nerves that are in the pelvic region, which, when you think about it, might be connected to other areas of pleasure that you might already be familiar with, like the genitals. You guys get what I'm talking about. And in addition to nerve endings, also analingus, anal penetration with toys or hands or attached cocks or feet or whatever also can involve like not only like stimulation of the nerve endings but but pressure as well which for some anatomy can stimulate the internal bulbs of the the clitoris and in some anatomy the prostate which we're gonna get to a little bit more anatomy in a second but those are just some of the reasons that people love to take it up the butt or give it to other people up the butt. But then beyond the purely physical aspect of anal sex, um, a lot of people like anal sex because there is, you may have noticed, huge taboo against sodomy and taboo busting feels good. <laughs> There's just such a strong sense of like doing something verboten, doing something bad, doing something that you're not supposed to do. And for whatever reason, we, uh, as humans tend to really get off on doing the things that we're not supposed to do. So doing something that you're not supposed to, of all the things that you're not supposed to do, anal is just one of the ones that like harms the least people. <laughs> um, uh, so that's one of the reasons <laughs> that I endorse it. Of course, like all good things, anal sex is also super duper queer. That isn't to say that if you take it up the butt, it automatically makes you gay but it maybe does a little bit, and that's great. <laughs> you know, I, I always sort of think of it like, you know, technically you're like going in through the outdoor and like the way that your body is like, nature wants your ass to like be used a certain way, and you're like, we're human beings, we're civilized, we have uh, cars and uh, other technological advancements, we like can communicate with one another, we can like go to the moon, like why not go in through the outdoor? So it's kind of a way of being like, fuck you nature, which I don't know if there's anything queerer than that. Um, <laughs> all joking aside, I think that the, the, the queerness of making sexuality like not so like front genitally focused and not so like missionary heteronormative intercourse focused is like one of the inherent sort of psychological and, and social pleasures of anal sex. Whether or not you're like feeling the queerness or feeling the taboo, just adventure and variety is, uh, is a huge part of why anal is so great. If you are used to maybe like only having vaginal sex or only having oral sex or only having solo sex, anal sex is just, it's just like a new thing on the menu. It's right there, it was there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> prostate health, um, for folks who have prostates, regular stimulation of the prostate. I'm not a doctor, but I recommend it. Regular stimulation of the prostate is proven to be uh, connected with preventing prostate cancer. So even if that does not end up being the result, you might as well keep trying to prevent <laughs> cancer <laughs> as much as you can. Personally, I find that anal orgasms are really different from any other kind of orgasm, whether there's a toy or a vibrator or a tongue or a cock or a foot or <laughs> it's a it's a whole different kind of orgasm. And I know that that a lot of people feel that way. So if you are also, you know, tired of the same old orgasms, which I, <laughs> I don't know, I think they never get old, but that doesn't mean that sort of having a different kind of sensation is not a reason to give anal a whirl. And then the root chakra, because we're in California, so important. <laughs> the, the root chakra is located between the genitals and the anus. I have to make this gesture when I'm talking about this area. I just can't not uh, give it a little tap. When folks talk about chakras and talk about root chakras, there's definitely a sense of like grounding yourself in, into the earth and, and in your life and uh, anal sex, especially among folks who practice Tantra and various other sort of uh, body work, uh, somatic modalities. 
feel that uh, anal sex can be a, a way to, to stimulate and get in touch with that chakra. And then, you know, the sky's the limit with what you can, what, what witchcraft you can get up to with that. And then finally, why anal? Because butts. butts. Butts are the best. Like the outside, the inside, like wet toys, vibrations, like feet, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> like being caressing them, being nice to them, hitting them, like licking them, did I say that already? Spitting on them, whatever you like, whatever you like, butts are the best. Um, and a lot of the time, like anal sex is also just about having like an amazing ass in your face or like giving your ass to someone else to, to worship. What's not to love about that? So we agree, we agree, butts, butts are the best. Yes, that's what I thought. <laughs> So let's do a little anal anatomy. As we start to get into this discussion of, of anal health and hygiene, I think a lot of the reason that, that people feel inhibited about anal sex has to do with their like lack of awareness of like what is going on in there. And you know, the original reason that I came up with the sort of framework for this class is that a good friend of mine totally pulled a like asking for a friend that was like definitely asking for them. And they were like, well, I've like tried anal sex, but there was it was like really messy, if you know what I mean. And I like I like really want to try it and my partner's really curious about it, but like every time I try, I just all I can think about is that like traumatic time that things are really messy. And so I like I really want to, but I can't go there. And I was like, well that is the shame and we need to we need to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll be here all night. I started sending her all of this information about enemas and like, you know, as, as a dominatrix and as a queer person and as somebody who like plays in a lot of like play parties and, and orgies, I'm like very used to just sort of like all of these best practices and, you know, gloves and, and shower nozzles, creating sterilized environments and, and all this stuff. And I was like, wait, right. that. Sometimes I have to remind myself that like not everyone has sex that way. Perverts are like out here like doing all hard work for you and then bringing back the information about like, listen, if we can do it when there's like 20 people involved and everybody's remembering how to stay in character uh, and we're also trying to like keep people out of the splash zone that like don't want to be involved. If, if we can do it, then like you can do it like alone in your bedroom with like one other person, right? So that was sort of part of the, the framework uh, for why I came up with this class. And also, as you will soon see, it is really just an excuse for me to talk about enema fetishism because I think that enemas are really fun <laughs> in addition to being super helpful. So, uh, but, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So anal anatomy, um, I think that one of the big disinhibitors for people enjoying anal sex is that people don't realize that fecal matter is not stored in the rectum, right? So the rectum is like, so you've got the asshole, right? And you've got two sphincters, right? One you can control and one you cannot, right? Right? We, you with me so far? And then right on like the other side of, <laughs> on the other side of this gate, right here, <laughs> uh, is, is the rectum, right? And so I think that people are like, beyond this hole is just like a, like a watered, a cascading <laughs> rapid of shit. <laughs> and, and, if I, and if I like so, if I like come anywhere near it, like I'm gonna be like dealing with like a whole, like I'm just like don't wanna, I just can't, I just can't handle that. Or the person who has the ass is like, I'm like clenching up, which is the opposite of what you want to do when you want to like get a dick in there, you know? And so people, people, uh, you know, the person with the butt, the bottom, uh, is 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 clenching up because they like don't want to release any of that shit that is just like right beyond the door, <laughs> right beyond the portal. <laughs> and then like the you know then the penetrator is like oh god I like don't even like what uh, what's gonna happen when I like go through this this portal right so I'm here to assure you that while it is important to remember that the butthole does lead to the rectum, which does eventually lead to the intestines, that, that fecal matter is not stored like right in that like antechamber that is the rectum. So everyone repeat after me, fecal matter is not stored in the rectum. Let's go. Fecal matter is not stored in the rectum. Now, when we're thinking about this antechamber, we do have to realize that if shit is passing through this antechamber, you know, the mudroom, if you will. Oh, <laughs> oh, <you're sweet. laughs> I have to 
keep myself amused. <laughs> there's going to be mud in the mud room, guys, right? So there's going to be like a little bit, because it's like passing in, and I, maybe not in, but it's like passing out, on its way out, on its way out, back and forth forever. <laughs> on its way out, it's gonna, there is going to be some trace amounts of fecal matter, okay? So, so I know I'm, I'm asking you to sort of hold these like two <coughs> opposing ideas at the same time. It's like, which is it, Tina? Like, <laughs> like, like, is there shit there or isn't there? <laughs> and the truth, and, and so, so the, the truth is, is that uh, when you are having anal sex, uh, it is important, as someone that I know likes to say, uh, shit, shit happens, right? And so you do have to sort of be an adult and recognize um, that like a little, a little speck, uh, a little drip here and there uh, is not the end of the world. So that's, that's one thing that I definitely want to, to really stress and emphasize that like working, doing whatever work you need to do personally to sort of get over the shame that you may have about like somebody else encountering this bodily fluid, I think is, is also really important. And I think that one of the best ways to sort of move through that shame um, is to feel in control of how you are keeping clean and to understand how to be hygienic instead of just thinking like, oh, it's like all or nothing. Like, do I have to bleach it? I like, I like, don't even know, right? Don't bleach it, please. Uh, does, do you guys know, do you guys know that the, the clitoris, first of all, have you, has everyone found the clitoris? <laughs> yes, I even see some gay men that I know that have found <laughs> it, so there is no excuse. <laughs> but guess what? That thing that is apparently so hard to find is only the tip of the iceberg, and the entire shape of the clitoris is actually this wonderful, like, bulbous little creature that sort of, like, straddles the vaginal canal or the, you know, whatever you call your front canal. And, uh, and it can be stimulated through the walls of the vagina or whatever you like to call that canal, and it also can be stimulated through the walls of the butt. A lot of the reason that people who have clitorises experience like more intense, like shuddering, like internal orgasms during anal sex is often because the clitoris is sort of being like rubbed against by the anal canal with like whatever is in that butt in that moment. And that's not all. Anal sex can also stimulate the G-spot, which come to a G-spot class, it exists. The G-spot is where your urethral sponge presses up against the, the wall of the vagina. And guess what? You could press up against it through the butt as well. What a great sponge. And as I have mentioned, you can also stimulate the prostate, which besides potentially mitigating for the risk of cancer is, I'm told, I don't have prostate, but I have sure seen some prostate fun in my time and it seems like a wild ride <laughs> so anecdotally I recommend it so here are some simple ways to get clean to get dirty so before we even get into talking about enemas let's just talk about like really everyday mundane run-of-the-mill ways to clean up showering is something that I know is like more rare in California than in other places. <laughs> um, but... He was alone, too. <laughs> we were in a drought. <laughs> <laughs> were you guys, like, only doing wine enemas? Because you were <laughs> 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 in a drought. Wining coffee. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Just a, just a simple, everyday shower before or during sex, um, I think really does wonders for just even if there's not actually like a trace of fecal matter back there, just like the peace of mind that it gives you and maybe you're using like Dr. Bronner's peppermint and you're diluting, diluting, diluting and you are like just really feeling like squeaky, fresh and clean. You feel like you're smelling fresh, right? And you also feel like the shower is an opportunity to feel sort of like in control of your body and in control of your butt before you give it up to somebody nice that you like, who deserves it. You know, having anal sex in the shower is like, huh, I'm like feeling like maybe I'm dirty, but I'm in a shower, so the soap is right there, and having a nice warm hot shower is like really great foreplay, and it's like really, if you're showering solo before having partnered sex, it's like a nice chance to have some me time before you are with your partner, and if you are, even if you're having solo sex, like just sort of taking yourself on a little date and being like, I'm showering for me, is always something that I that I like to endorse if you have a relationship where and it doesn't have to be strictly 
domination and submission, it can be like an expression of either like self-care or care between partners. Like I'm going to get you nice and squeaky clean so that I can violate your ass or whatever it is. <laughs> or like I, you know, or like ordering your submissive to go to the shower and, and clean up. And then as you're in the shower, you're like, oh, I'm like doing it for daddy, you know? So there are these great products that are sold here at the pleasure chest. Essentially, they're like baby wipes, but not for babies anymore. <laughs> um, adult wipes. This one is, is Pomplamoose, so you can have some LaCroix and then like wipe your ass <laughs> and have brand synergy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's, there's a ton of different brands, a ton of different sort of like essential oils or like, you know, antibacterial soap. If you don't, if you don't have time to take a shower, if you don't want to take a shower, or if you're like in between sessions maybe you have roommates and you don't want to like go down the hall into the bathroom to like use the shower enema you just like have these right by your bedside and just like peace of mind uh wipe it up or like have your partner do it for your partners do it for you a lot of the time we have this stigma and this idea of like what it what it what it means to be dirty right like oh it's cool baby i'm clean or like ugh, like that dirty slut right a lot of the time what people are talking about is like whether or not somebody has an sti right or is pause or something like that so of course the idea of like enjoying being dirty being a nasty pig whatever is up to all of us to to self-identify with this idea of like being pause or having a herpes outbreak or something like that like making you dirty in a stigmatized bad way let's just throw that out with the trash. And one way to not be sort of consumed by your fear of like being dirty or your partner or partners being dirty or like the space that you're in being dirty um, is to know your status. So one of the ways that we like to say in the adult industry to fuck like a porn star is to get a full STI test every 14 days and to be able to present bonafide paperwork to your partner before you do any play that says like, here's my status getting tested, knowing your status, uh, breaking through, busting the taboo, because uh, busting feels good, about like having conversations about, ST, about STIs and having it not in a way that's like, uh, will you tell me like if you have this STI because if so, like I'm out of here, but rather like, hey, can we like share this? Can we talk about this? Like I have mm -hmm. herpes and I haven't had an outbreak in a while, but like uh, what, what are some of the ways that, that knowing that information, because knowledge is power, that you can make risk-aware assessments uh, and, and make choices about what ways you want to be clean and what ways you want to be dirty. Sound good? Are we all on board with this? Wonderful. So I love bidets. Also, everyone I stay with in LA has a bidet. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm not that surprised, especially the people that I know in LA. I'm just like such a big fan. I know it's like not for everyone. Being able to have something on your toilet so that like just immediately after like whatever's going on on that toilet, you can get like a nice warm spray of water, like wherever you want to feel clean is just like such a, just such a great way to like every day walk around like feeling fresh and confident. I feel like I sound like a douche commercial. <laughs> um, <laughs> commercial for douches. Um, but yeah, and there is um, this, this really interesting new product on the market called Tushy. They, us they do sell it at the Pleasure Chest and they sell it at pleasurechest.com, but it's so popular that they're sold out right now. They don't have them tonight, um, but if you're ever interested in getting, I think it's like less than $100 and it takes 10 minutes to install. Um, and I just, I really think that like, if everyone had bidets, then the world would be a better place. Wh whether you are thinking about safer sex from the perspective of STIs, whether you're thinking about it from the perspective of Planned Parenthood, not getting pregnant, if your anatomy and the anatomy of the people you're sleeping with can potentially do that, or whether you're actually thinking about like like the filth of sweat or fecal matter or whatever, you know, using condoms, gloves, and other barriers, which again are uh, many different kinds are sold here at the Pleasure Chest. Lots of different kinds of condoms, lots of different kinds of gloves, lots of different kinds of dental dams for folks with and without latex allergies. Some of them have flavors on them, some of them have lube on them. The folks that work here at the Pleasure Chest know so much about helping you make the right safer sex choice for you. So, you know, if you are feeling, if you're like down for anal sex, but you know that you always feel like a little embarrassed about like having like shit all over your dick, like one like really nice way to mitigate for that is to wear a condom and then when you pull out, you pull the condom off and it's you know, just like good as new, right? It's like it never happened. <laughs> Except that you feel great and you're like, 
Why do I feel so great? <laughs> Just uh, the simple use of condoms, gloves, and other barriers, which of course, depending on the barrier, um, all, you know, can have the added benefit besides quick cleanup of mess or, or uh, on your body or on toys that you may be using um, also often are gonna be helpful for STI prevention, pregnancy prevention, et cetera, et cetera. I always like to mention the blowjob bib because that's sold here and that is good for messes. <laughs> and also embarrassing people if that is what they're into. So another thing that people are often concerned about besides their bodies getting messy is their environment getting messy. So luckily, there are some really great products, including the Fascinator Velvish Throw, which is a waterproof blanket. It's velvet on one side and satin on the other, and it can hold an entire bladder full of liquid. How did they test for that? Ask me later. <laughs> um, and I know some people y who need, like, s you know, more than a few bladders full of liquid absorption um, during sex. But, uh, but anyway, then you just have two. And it's machine washable, right? So you can just, like, gush everywhere, squirt everywhere, jizz everywhere, like, what, whatever, spit everywhere, piss, like, whatever. Or if you have, like, if you're doing, like, sploshing, whatever is messy and going on. It's basically, like, a nice feeling tarp for your bed, or <laughs> I never travel uh, without mine. Um, so uh, I had one bad Airbnb review once, and then I was like, I gotta always bring the fascinator with me. But all joking aside, it is really nice. Like if you're if you're staying in the Airbnb, you're staying at a friend's house, or you're like home for the holidays, uh, and you like really need some stress relief. It, it's it's a considerate thing to do, but I also think this really does tie into the theme of this is not a class about like ejaculation and squirting and gushing but i think that a lot of people are also inhibited about really like letting go in that way because they're like worried that they're going to soak through the mattress which i mean it will they don't want to make a mess that you know maybe you've been socialized female and you're like i don't want to take up space with my cum right having the fascinator throw in there there are other great brands of this as well um i think it's just a, a way of feeling like this tarp is down i can go to town <laughs> remember that one <laughs> um yeah and, and uh oh also if you um are polyamorous or if you're a sex worker or if you're just a big giant slut or all the above um <laughs> yeah i've got some all of the above in this room tonight um you know b being able to you know sometimes people feel like I, like, th this is the bed that I, like, sleep in with my partner, and I don't want to, like, come home and find, like, somebody else's, like, jizz or, like, someone else's brand of lube, like, <laughs> like, in, in the bed. And so the idea that you can just, like, put down this sheet and, like, have playtime and then, like, fold it up and put it in the wash um, is, like, a way of being considerate to your other partners or your next client um, or your next trick or whatever. Or do it in the yard where there's a hose <laughs> as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you're fence is tall enough. Yeah, right, you guys have yards here. Go to a play party, find a, find a sexy event. They're always gonna have puppy pads or chucks available to like make yourself a little space. And usually those, a space that you're gonna go to an orgy or go to a kinky play party um, is probably not only gonna have safer sex supplies and cleanup supplies, but there's also gonna be people there who are knowledgeable in best practices for setting up and breaking down and cleaning up, you know, and sort of keeping scenes separate in important ways. And, you know, I mean, there's a million benefits to going to a play party, um, but that's another class. But yeah, doing it at a sexy event can also be really nice because then you can like get really dirty, get really messy, and then like clean up there and then come home and like, like lay in your bed and there's no wet spot. So let's talk about butt toys. My lord, are there a lot of butt toys available here at the Pleasure Chest. And you know, part of the reason that I, that I like to talk about anal toys when we're talking about anal health and hygiene Plugs are just like the, the great, just a, a marvel, a marvel of engineering in terms of understanding pleasure anatomy because, um, you know, dildos are great. The ones that look like attached cocks are great. The ones that are just phalluses, some of them look like the baby Jesus. Like, you know, they like look unicorns, monster dicks. Like there's all kinds of stuff on the market and available uh, here at the pleasure chest as well. But plugs are really great because they really understand the, the anatomy that we all are so familiar with now. One thing that inexperienced folks may not appreciate about, about anal sex is that they might sort of imagine it like other kinds of intercourse that they may be familiar with where they're like, oh yes, pleasure with intercourse means 
phallus goes in the hole and goes in and out and in and out, and then everybody's happy, because that's how it works the rest of the time, right? <laughs> totally. But with the ass, because the ass doesn't self-lubricate, and I haven't, I haven't given my uh, lube plug yet, but I will plug. There's so much amazing lube here at the Pleasure Chest, um, and I recommend lube for all different kinds of play, but I would say that anal play is not good anal play um, without lube. People need different amounts, but the ass doesn't self-lubricate. So really for, a for anal health and hygiene reasons beyond what you may feel that you need in the moment when you've like, I don't know, had some poppers and feel like ready to go, um, just, use, just use a little, little, little bit of lube. Do it for me. <laughs> the thing that is so great about plugs, and there are lots of different sizes and lots of different shapes, is that they're, they're designed to sort of expand the sphincter as they go in, but then the sphincter is going to contract around this um, sort of what I like to call the stem of the plug, right? So you get sort of the intensity of your sphincter opening here, but then you get a little bit of relief from that intensity, but then you still have the feeling of pressure and fullness inside. And then uh, this here, does anybody know what we like to call this part? You could just call it out. The flared, the flared base. Yeah. Please don't put something in your butt if it doesn't have a flared base. In the case of an attached cock, the person is the player base. <laughs> but you know, there are, there, are, there are toys out there that are, that are perfectly, you know, that, that are great for the front hole, the vagina, the cunt, the pussy, whatever you want to call it, because there, there is, there's cervix at the end of that um, cul-de-sac, right? You can't get like too lost in there. <laughs> um, but the other end of your ass is your mouth. I've seen this over and over again. People get so much stress and, and fear about like, Benoit balls and other like pelvic floor exercise um, devices that are, that are meant to, to go in the vagina, right? They're like, is it gonna get lost in there, right? But then when it comes to butt stuff, they're like, I can just put that in my butt. And it's like, you all have it backwards. You have it backwards. So when it comes to the ass, you know, maybe some of us have, you know, experimented with like produce, you know, when we were like trying to figure out what were hairbrushes. I definitely recommend because anal tissue is so sensitive, there are so many amazing toys that are uh, made of silicone like this toy or metal or basically any uh, non-porous material, right? Um, so that also means that it can be uh, disinfected and used between partners. I feel like there's no excuse not to have something that's like designed to go back there. And the thing that is really great about plugs is that they're really great for foreplay and they're really great for warm up and they're really great for training. I highly recommend getting a, a plug, what, whichever kind seems appealing and exciting and pretty and cute to you. Incorporate it into your solo play routine where you feel, where, you, where, where you're not feeling pressure to perform, to rush and sort of get used to what may feel uncomfortable at first but uh, you know, eventually for many people um, comes to feel like really, really great and sometimes just like you don't wanna have sex without one. And the thing that is really great about a plug is that because of the way that it's designed and, and the sphincter muscle is like holding it inside of you, somebody can go down on you, you can have other kinds of sex, you can have other kinds of kinky play, you can go to the laundromat, whatever, <laughs> like while you have this plug in, right? Um, and so you're like getting used to the feeling, stimulating yourself, um, and just like really getting warmed up. Again, this is a great domination and submission thing, telling you know a, a top, telling a bottom, like I'm gonna, I wanna fuck you in the ass tonight, so I want you to put in, put in this plug and be like nice and warmed up by the time I come over, that kind of thing. All kinds of scenarios there. I love Enjoy Toys, they're made of stainless steel and they are super duper heavy. I really love pressure, um, so you know, basically like the weight of the stainless steel toy combined with gravity um, means that when you're not touching the toy, it's like pressing on you, which is just like really amazing if the medical grade stainless steel just makes it like so easy to clean and it can also like uh, absorb different temperatures. I'm not so old that I don't remember when you could go into a sex toy store and buy like actual like little plastic beads connected by a string. I feel like a lot of, a lot of people like if they don't know that much about sex toys have like heard of anal beads and the great thing about anal beads is that basically the idea of of them is that as you as you put them in or as you pull them out be, because they have like uh wider parts and narrower parts you're basically like contracting uh like dilating and contracting uh the sphincter around the toy which many people find really pleasurable and really really great 
Um, and now you will see toys um, like this red one down here that are all like one silicone toy that does the same thing as the anal beads did before when, but in that case, like those plastic beads could like come off of the string and be inside you. And the other end of your ass is your mouth. So please don't use those. Uh, if you're gonna play with anal beads, play with the ones that are designed with your safety in mind. There are also a ton of uh, plugs that vibrate. This, uh, this blue one right here fits around the base of the cock and balls and then like, like presses on the root chakra <laughs> and also vibrates. So then you get like the cockering effect and the taint and prostate pressure effect. Marvels of engineering. So a tunnel plug, for those who don't know, is essentially a butt plug like with a hole through it. And the idea is you're, you're wearing the plug and then you can like pour more lube in there or you can piss in there or whatever. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right. It's the time of year where I remind you that if you do feel obligated to give gifts, you really couldn't do better than a pleasure check, the custom vouchers from the pleasure chest. From November 29th through December 31st, you can snag a pleasure check in stores for all purchases over $100. That's in-store only at the pleasure chests in New York City, Los Angeles, and Chicago. For every $100 you spend, you get a $15 pleasure check. For every $150, you get $25. For every $200, you get $30. Offer valid on in-store purchases under $1,000, redeemable through March 31st, 2020. These can't be used for same-day purchases or combined with any other offers. And if you can't decide what to buy, either to earn your pleasure check or spend your pleasure check, why not try a holiday kit? These are available both in-store and online on PleasureChest.com. Far better than a novelty gift, they're assembled by pleasure experts to give you everything you want, all in one spot. If you are going to be shopping online on PleasureChest.com, check out the Snow Job Sale. Enjoy 10% off orders of $200 or more between December 3rd and January 1st. That discount is applied automatically at checkout. And don't forget, you can follow at Pleasure Chest Stores on Instagram and Twitter for up-to-the-minute info on these deals and much more from this sex-positive community icon. Ring in the new year with the Pleasure Chest. And now, on with the show. So let's talk about lube. Here's some lubes that we grabbed. So basically, as I've mentioned, the ass does not self-lubricate. So lube is a must with anal play. Different people want different amounts, and that is totally great. I didn't grab all of these products, um, but I want to tell you about a few uh, kinds of lube and also a few like techniques for like lubricating deep up inside the ass, because that's what we're here to talk about today is just getting up in them guts. So there are these little like syringe looking things called lube shooters. You can basically like insert them uh, in someone's ass and like shoot the lube deep up inside them, which is super fun. Totally do that through a tunnel plug. This dildo with a little blue um, pump called the the pop dildo by Simonette, which is which is a a, a dildo with a tunnel in, inside of it, and then like a little place where you can like put lube or really like any liquid. Um, it was designed by a lesbian who wanted to like put semen in in inside this device and like have strap on sex with her wife and like knock up her wife like with her dick. It worked, so they have two kids. I mean, I am more interested in glitter than children, semen or children <laughs> myself, but that's just me. Whatever you want to put in there, 
you do you. Another thing that is that it's really great for is like getting lube like deep up in there. And for some people, like the gender affirmation of like wearing a strap-on dildo that like that can squirt and ejaculate whatever is uh, what it, whether it's whether it's lube or semen or wine. I don't know, coffee, <laughs> whatever you want to put in there. No, no hard liquor. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no Coca-Cola, as we were talking about earlier, amazingly enough. <laughs> uh, sugar. Do not put sugar in holes. I'm here to tell you, don't do it. Yeah, yeast infections, uh, abrasions, it's bad. Uh, yeah, oh, and then there's this great product called Backdoor Balm, which is a really nice, soothing thing to like put on a butt that has been well fucked. Uh, it has calendula and a bunch of just other like anti-inflammatory um, soothing herbs. I always recommend with the lubes and the products that you're putting on your like sensitive membranes to like get a sample or like get a small version and just like use a little bit first. Even if something is like organic and made of all natural materials, you might actually find that you're like, pussy doesn't like calendula or something like that. Suchil, ultra long lasting and slick water-based lube that withstands lots of friction without getting sticky. There's three main kinds of lube. There's water-based, silicone, and oil-based, and they all have different properties and qualities and different people like them for different reasons. Water-based lube is the best to use with, if you are using a silicone toy, you don't want to use silicone lube with silicone toy. The little silicone molecules in the lube and the toy are like, this town ain't big enough for the both of us, and then your, your toy gets like degraded. Always use water-based lube or put a condom over your silicone toys before you use silicone lube with them. Silicone lube can be really great for anal play because the human body is made largely of water. And so water-based lube gets like absorbed into the body quicker, whereas silicone lube creates this like slip and slide. It doesn't get, uh, doesn't get absorbed as, as quickly, but if you're using a silicone toy, you know, you kind of just have to make like the decision that's right for you. And oil-based lubes are really great Again, California, I know you all are fucking with coconut oil, and, and that is, that's totally fantastic. The one thing that you want to keep in mind with oil-based lubes is that they can degrade barriers. Also, there is Sliquid Silk, the ever-popular anal lube, which is body-friendly, vegan, and a natural hybrid of water and silicone lube. It's non-staining, it's safe for use on all materials, it's long-lasting and ultra-slick, and uh, it looks like jizz, or so I'm, so I'm told. Okay! It's time. With friends like these, who needs enemas? Um, so... <laughs> I didn't say, <laughs> listen, I didn't say enema of the state, so... <laughs> I just, I just, I just did. And it's on the mic! Hey! Um, so... Why, 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 why enemas? Clistomophilia is the enjoyment and sexual arousal from enemas. I'll tell you guys a little story. When I was working in a dungeon in Oakland, one of the benefits of working with a house with lots of other ladies is that they would sometimes have clients who would, in the heat of the moment, be like, oh, like, let's like bring somebody else in to like watch us doing whatever we're doing or to like show off or to like involve more people or sometimes somebody would be like, I'm here for a party, you know, and then everybody gets paid. I, at like the age of like 24, got to experience a bunch of things that I had never experienced before because like the other women that I worked with would be like, you've never gotten an enema before? I'm gonna make this guy pay for you to get one of those. And then you'll have that experience and you can offer it. It was amazing. Sex workers forever. And I like trusted the women that I worked with and it was a very safe and, and profitable environment for me to explore a lot, of, a lot of things and see what I liked and see which things I was willing to do or not willing to do under certain circumstances for the right price, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and so I had this coworker who had this client who was just like an intense enema fetishist and he had like, he, he had this like little like suitcase that had just all these like very old latex severe medical devices and it was really like creepy and a good way and super interesting and he like loved to talk about enemas so I learned a lot about why people like them so one day my coworker Catherine was like uh, just uh, in like uh, 15 minutes like come up into the bathroom and she had one of those shower enemas attached to the shower head and they, they do sell those here by the way and she was basically like get in this bathtub and I'm gonna stick this in your butt it's it's disinfected and then I'm gonna turn the water on 
you know, body temperature, and then you're gonna just like get an enema in front of this guy. And I was like, great. The feeling of this, of the water pressure from the shower, I don't know if I'd like ever had even like a like a small fleet enema before. Just like the pressure and the ru- the literal rush of all of this water like going up inside me. It it felt I haven't done that much cocaine. Uh, I know this is LA, um, but uh, but it really reminded me of cocaine. I was like having delusions of grandeur um, <laughs> and uh, and just like it was just su- like such an intense rush. And it's like one minute you're like standing there with this thing in your ass and the next minute you're like super euphoric and high. So that was a great day at work. And, um, and so then, but then I was really curious, like why did this make me feel this way? So I did a little bit of research and I, and I found out that the parasympathetic nervous system is one of two divisions of the autonomic nervous system, often called the rest and digest system. And it conserves energy as it slows the heart rate, increases intestinal and gland activity, and relaxes sphincter muscles in the gastrointestinal tract. So basically, like, there are two different kinds of autonomic nervous responses. There's like fight or flight, which is like, your body just like starts producing adrenaline and starts pumping endorphins so that you're like not scared when you're running away from a bear, right? Or whatever, and you don't think, body, start making adrenaline. You just like see the bear and your body's like, let's get all these juices flowing, right? But the the complement to that is rest and digest, right? Which is basically like your body being like, chill. Um, And so basically, and what enemas do is, um, you know, and whether it is a small enema this size or the fleet enemas that you can get at your local CVS or whatever, or the like intense pressure of uh, of the shower nozzle, is that it basically just like stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system like really, really quickly. And then you're just like, I'm resting. (laughs) digesting. So that is one of the many reasons that I recommend not only seeing enemas as just sort of a perfunctory thing that you do. My friend here in the front row often likes to call it the same as brushing your teeth before a date. You brush your teeth, you have an enema, you're ready for a date, right? I quote you all the time when you're not here. (laughs) So so it's not only like a perfunctory hygiene thing, but also like a whole whole entree, a whole entree of fun or an amuse-bouche or whatever you want to call it, right? So this is probably part of the reason that the people who are uh, into enemas enjoy enemas and enjoy actually having like a ritual around cleaning out before anal sex or even like without the intention of having anal sex like as an activity unto itself. And, you know, beyond the like sort of scientific and physical element of it, getting a little bit more into the like kinky psychology, water can reach deeper inside you than any toy or body part ever could. So that's something, you know, when I'm administering an enema to someone, I always like to remind them that like, this is my way of getting like as deep up in their body as I possibly can. And when they feel the water in there, that's like me deep inside them. How could I, I would be remiss not to mention humiliation and embarrassment and vulnerability, right? So, so basically, (laughs) (laughs) she's waiting. so obviously, <laughs> if, you know, if you're like bent over the, you know, side of the bathtub or you're on your, on your hands and knees, like on the cold tile on the ground and somebody is like, you know, sticking, you know, this toy or the cold metal of the shower enema, you know, lubing it up, of course, and going slow and getting enthusiastic consent and all of that, placing this inside someone and then administering you know, water to like clean them out because they're so dirty. Being on the cold tile on the ground with your ass in the air is like incredibly vulnerable. It requires like an amazing intense amount of like trust to make yourself vulnerable in that way to know that somebody is going to like do this like weird freaky medical thing to you um, and take care of you and take care of your body. Um, And then also recognizing that like once that water is inside you, like maybe you're really experienced and really well-trained and you like know how to keep the water inside you, but maybe like you've never done this before. You like to pretend you've never done it before. (laughs) And you feel like vulnerable and exposed because you like, you know, you might explode everywhere and that would be like 
really embarrassing and then you're gonna have to clean up the whole thing with a toothbrush and that's just gonna take a really long time. Humiliation and embarrassment and vulnerability can be an element of enema play. It doesn't have to be, right? It can be sensual. It can be like purely sensual in the sense of like being about the body. It can be foreplay. It can be solo play. It doesn't have to be with a partner. You don't have to expose yourself in order to give yourself an enema, you can give yourself an enema. It's really quite straightforward, but it can be it can be a really fun thing to let someone do to you. And then, of course, getting deeper into the DS, you know, if you have a relationship where you know you're as as the top, you like totally own your bottom, you control them inside and out. Then, like obviously, you're entitled to go wherever you want in their body, including their guts. There is again this like very like profound romantic DS component of administering an enema getting getting deep inside. There are these like really, really, really wonderful videos made by uh, Belladonna, the uh, legendary porn star, where like girls administer enemas with like like colored water to one another and then they basically just like administer the enemas and then squirt at each other's faces for hours <laughs> oh it's so it's just so cute i just i just i love it so much i love it so much and like you know you have like different muscle control with your ass than like you may in the front and like it's just you know and there is something like with um you know squirting and like g-spot ejaculation there is something like really lovely about like women's bodies being able to to ejaculate to take up space to like you know you know hit a target across the room <laughs> and there's just something sort of like joyful like playing in a fountain that kind of like squirting enema fetishism to be clear is often about like you clean out really well first and then you put in the water where you like have the water sports and play right so it's not necessarily about like squirting out dirty water in fact you know in the case of these movies it's like definitely not just anything anything creative to do with the butt is is okay by me i think that it's important to distinguish now that we're getting into talking about enema fetishism to distinguish between the perfunctory enema that is up specifically about like getting clean to get dirty like cleaning out as much fecal matter as possible so that when you have anal sex from analingus to a finger to a butt plug to a dildo to an attached cock to an entire arm that you want you want to try to like clean out as much of the fecal matter as possible so you're not encountering it you're not encountering the smell you're making a movie and you like don't want to make a mess versus like enemas that are administered for the, for the sake of enjoying the distended belly enjoying the feeling of fullness enjoying that psychological sense of like getting up deep inside someone right so i think that that's also something to consider, like, are you doing the enema because you're brushing your teeth or are you doing it like as a whole scene? And that might sort of help to decide like how much how much you want and, you know, whether you put salt in it and, and all that different stuff. So here are a few enemas that are sold here at the Pleasure Chest. There's the Cal-X Ultimate Douche, which is uh, silicone with an ergonomic rounded handle and rounded tip. That's this one. So again, as I've said with toys, silicone is an amazing, malleable, versatile material that is really, really, really great for putting in bodies because it's non-porous and really simple to disinfect with soap and water. You can also put it in your dishwasher. Just like any dildo or butt plug, this is made of silicone. You fill up the water here and it has the, the little holes right there. And this also, because it has the, the longer and rounded tip, you can get deeper up inside someone's rectum with this than you could with like the little nozzle on the fleet enema. The clean stream quick and easy cleaning kit comes with a butt plug if you're trying to hold it or want to start warming up right after. The rinse service is the stainless steel shower attachment for uh, accessible cleaning anytime. Um, that's this metal guy up here that I told my story about. And then there's the Doc Johnson and kink.com explore plug, which is a very reasonably sized tunnel plug to keep things open for extended enema play and exploring. So yeah, like one use of a tunnel plug could be you're keeping somebody open and you keep administering more and more water and then they can actually like squirt the, the water out or clean themselves out like while they're like staying open. And that would only be for someone who is experienced and interested in held, held open and exposed for like longer periods of time. You know, some of these bags that have a little bit more of the like classic medical 
use or medical fetish look, they use gravity, right? So some of these things, you squeeze them, some of them you use the water pressure of your plumbing, and some of them you actually can like hang on the, the shower hook in the back of your bathroom door or in your dungeon, or you can hold it imperiously above someone. And then you basically release and the gravity helps the, the water flow. And if they're cramping and they need a break, you can use the clamp. I think this one actually, um, because it's silicone, because you can use it like since it's silicone you can use it in different butts and easy to clean i don't know it's also kind of sexy i mean i think with sex toys it's like just like when you want to put somebody some cute person inside you like you want to put a cute thing inside you so personally i find this like very appealing and I, I like the long handle which obviously you don't have to insert all the way so you have that control you can insert it a little bit a lot it does get like a little bit smaller here so that's going to be like a slightly you're gonna like dilate the sphincter and then it's gonna have that sort of butt plug effect. But then you can also like slide it all the way in and like slowly use this, this pressure. But I think that this one is like kind of similar, but I just, I like the sort of like curviness of this one. I'm gay, you know? I mean, it also depends. I mean, I think that, uh, seriously with aesthetics, I think that like something like this feels more like a sex toy, whereas like some of these are like really good for like if you want to do a medical scene and you want it to be like like to evoke like medical play um getting something that seems sterile and like evocative of that could be fun and yeah i mean i've already pitched the the shower nozzle i think that that's a lot of fun but maybe not like i mean i had it for the first time but i it was like administered by a professional, so um, uh, I would say, and that's like also not something that I'm like gonna do like every time I like do it in the butt. You know, a lot of these are pretty affordable too, so if you don't like one, you can try something else. Yeah. I mean, a speculum is, it's like a tunnel plug. it is like a tunnel plug, and it is for like hold, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're not using it for an exam, well, I mean, you could use it for all kinds of exams, but like if you're, if you're using it more for holding someone open, then like, yeah, it is, it's kind of like it has the same function as a tunnel plug. So, you know, a lot of anal toys like have a lot of like soft and smooth surfaces, whereas like either a plastic or metal speculum like definitely has lots of pokey bits. The ass is easily, poked and distressed. Wow. Yeah, the, you're talking about the, the, the ones that, that almost look like Audrey too from Little Shop yes. of Horrors. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Go, I would include that. Cool. It's a way of holding the ass open to get more, yeah. to get a hose down. Yeah. yeah. Get more in. Yeah. Totally. 100%. Um, you guys have great imaginations and I love that about you. Moving on to other kinks related to the butt. You know, I've kind of alluded to this, but I just want to make sure that, that people also distinguish between people that are actually intent, like interested in intentionally involving scat or fecal matter in their sex play versus people who want to play with the ass. I think that sometimes people assume they must go together, that if you're into butt play, that you're also like, looking to strike gold or whatever. And uh, it just, you do, you do not, it is, even though I am, begin this workshop at, like by emphasizing the fact that you don't need to be ashamed of a little bit of mess. Bodies are weird, sex is gross, let's all have a great time. It's also okay to not be okay with like, like licking a messy butthole, right? Like it is, you know, there, there is a reason that we have a taboo, there's a reason that we feel repulsion. Fecal matter does have bacteria getting in your mouth, be bad for you. Not everybody likes the way that it smells. Not everybody wants it staining their sheets. So um, it is totally okay to not be into that. And that's why we like educate ourselves in all of these different ways about like getting clean so that we don't have to try to control it with shame. Like you can actually just control it with science instead. You don't have to be into that. And uh, you know, if you are, then like consent is great and make a risk or assessment and um, go to town. I've alluded to this as well. A lot of the time enema play is very connected to people, but for people to medical play fetishes because you may or may not be aware that often uh, people's first experiences with enemas are 
when they're being administered for medical reasons. And so, you know, or they, they might be administered either by a doctor or like an authority figure in your life at some point, right? And often we eroticize interactions with authority figures, especially ones where we have to make our bodies vulnerable to them. For a lot of people, there is like a strong connection between the enema and a medical setting. And sometimes when people have an enema fetish, they like really want to like come in and like have a nurse be like, well, like whatever is this compulsive masturbation problem that you have can only be solved with an enema <laughs> or whatever. And then masturbating because, <laughs> um, uh, you know, that's the only thing that will cure that. The smell, the sort of like sterilized smell of, um, of latex or, or metal or matticide or, you know, whatever that you, that you might associate um, with that kind of environment and that kind of power play that is inherent in medical play. Yeah, and then sometimes, you know, impact play, by which I mean spanking, paddling, can, can definitely be incorporated into enema play. So predicament bondage is essentially when you put someone in some kind of bondage situation where if they, like, react to the bondage in one way, it causes them pain or some kind of humiliation or some adverse reaction. And then, then if they react in the other way, it's, like, different kind of adverse reaction. And so you're kind of in this, like, delightful seesaw of badness, uh, <laughs> which then creates goodness. You guys know how that works, right? So uh, enema predicament bondage can be really great. Like if you administer an enema and you like make someone stand in the middle of the room, like on a really nice carpet and you're like, if you spill one drop, you're going to be in really big trouble or like making them hold the enema water in while they're, while they're being paddled or while you're like playing with their genitals or while you're like teasing them and pointing at them and showing them off to your friends. As I emphasized before, humiliation and power play doesn't have to be a part of enema play, but there are a lot of possibilities um, for exploring it uh, because of all the reasons that we've talked about, because, because you're making yourself so vulnerable. There's so much power inherent in that. As I will say forever and ever, like this is just really about butts for me. So like any kind of like, just like fetishism of the ass, like enjoying your own ass, enjoying other people's asses, enjoying everybody's ass at the same time. So, you know, worship by which I mean like putting your mouth on the ass, either on the outside or analingus or like getting your tongue up in there. Uh, smothering by which I mean like uh, breath play, which definitely is something that is an edge play to be to be approached with extreme caution and, and slow slowness and lots of communication um, where you actually like will smother someone's like respiratory system and like cut off their ability to breathe with your ass because they are the only thing that they're worthy of breathing is your ass, you know. Sometimes that can involve face sitting, um, which can sometimes involve like forcing someone to like perform analingus on you or suck your balls or whatever. And sometimes it's about breath play and sometimes it's just about like having a delicious juicy ass in your face. I always like to throw in um, massage um, because sensuality is very important as well. Um, especially like, you know, get like giving someone a really nice ass massage before anal play is going to relax that whole area and make them more receptive and also build trust between you that you're not just like showing up and being like wham bam thank you ma'am I need to like get my dick up in there like actually like spending time to make someone feel more comfortable and more relaxed is often more fulfilling for all parties involved gender play can definitely be incorporated into into any kind of anal play but enema play as well you know if if being penetrated is something that you associate with like femininity then the idea of being like you like you know I'm like making you my bitch or whatever by like putting all of this water like deep up inside you can be really fun also pretty much everybody has a butt um, so it's like the great equalizer um, so it can be like a really nice way to sort of explore gender play because of all of the associations that we have with like who gets fucked in the ass and and who doesn't and all that taboo stuff that we're that we're busting so when I started teaching this class, I asked my friend Will Havoc, um, who bottoms anally um, in porn a lot, to give sort of his like porn star tips for like preparing for like an anal scene. Now, just to be clear, anal sex on a porn set may be different from the anal sex that you have at home or in a dungeon um, for like lots of different reasons or in a back alleyway, I don't know, in car, you guys have cars and so maybe you have anal sex in the car, but uh, camping, I don't know, anywhere. One, one of the main things that is, that is gonna be different for um, porn star anal is that it's probably going to like happen for hours. It's gonna be happening under hot lights 
you've probably already like spent a lot of time on set. So you're, you're probably at a point where you, you're, you, it's just, it's a more athletic activity in general, right? So learning from athletes about how they have anal sex um, can be really helpful for us um, plebes. Um, so this is what Will has to say. When I know I'm bottoming for an anal scene, I eat a light dinner the night before and only a few bites for breakfast. It's also helpful not to eat anything too drastically different than what I normally eat. If I know I'm getting fucked with something bigger than I'm used to, I'll sleep with a butt plug, as we've talked about, so an experienced person endorsing sleeping uh, with a butt plug in, or putting one in in the morning before the scene. This will vary with experience and knowing your body. I think that's great advice. I usually rinse with an enema bottle, by which I think he means like a fleet, um, about 30 minutes to an hour before the scene starts. This is the key, dump out the saline, this is our controversial topic of the night, um, and use tap water, which, you know, or Avion, whatever, filtered water. <laughs> Squirt the water in your butt, repeat until the water runs clear out of you. I also typically do one more rinse to double check just before penetration. Some people will take uh, Imodium about an hour before a scene, which is like a, a pill that constipates you. That's not part of my routine, but a lot of people find it helpful. Silicone lube is usually better than water-based for anal. I prefer coconut oil, though. We've been over the ins and outs of that. And my favorite piece of advice from Will Havoc is uh, also key to good and easier anal is stay hydrated. Really the key to all good sex and all good kink and all good living, I think, is stay hydrated. So that's it. That is the Getting Clean to Get Dirty class. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you want to get at me on the internet, this is where you can find me. I'm gonna leave this up for a little bit. Thank you all for coming and all your questions and all your participation. And um, I hope that your butts stay full of hydrogen forever and ever. <laughs> Thanks. Woo! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.